The following shiur has been presented by Rabbi Yehoshua Sova, Rabbi of Kehillat Shari Ezra, Miami Beach, Florida. For more shiurim or information, please visit vshc.org or call 1-844-200-TSHC. That's 1-844-200-8742. Bezrat Hashem, this week's parasha, that a parashat vayelech, we will discuss the idea of Moshe Rabbeinu passing away and leaving an inevitable void in the lives of Kal Yisrael and how they were able to cope with that and how this is very relevant to every one of our lives to this day. It says in the Pasuk, in Perek Lamed Aleph Pasuk Chavtet, Ki Yadati Acharei Moti, because I know after I pass away, Ki Hashchet Tashchitun, I know you're going to be destructive. And you will stray from the path that I have commanded you to perform. Says the Torah Amor, Rabbi he says that the fact that he says, I know that was actually a way of Moshe Rabbeinu saving the Jewish people. How is that? He says, because like this. If you would say, I could be maftiach, I make avtacha. You're for sure going to make averot, and chas you're going to stray from the path. So people are going to be like, hey, listen, it was already predestined for us to go off the path of Kadosh Baruch Hu and not to do the right thing. So therefore, what do you want from us? We're just fulfilling what our preordained destiny was. Moshe Rabbeinu did not say that. He said, Ki yadati. I have a yidia. I have knowledge that it's very possible that most probably you are going to sin. Because when you don't have myself or my Talmud, Yehoshua, like Rashi HaKadosh tells us, at that point that we find the Kali for all those years, that the 28 years that Yehoshua was leading, that they did not sin. And that's because the Talmud was like the Rav. When it came to Yehoshua's leadership, they viewed it as an extension of Moshe Rabbeinu, and therefore they did not veer from the path of Torah. And therefore, says the Torah Amor, my Yediyah is what I personally believe is going to happen. Meaning it cannot necessarily happen. This is just what I think is going to happen. But of course, it's up to you. The choice is up to you. And we wanted to say, based on that, that Moshe Rabbeinu was sort of leaving it up to them, leaving it vague, could be another reason why HaKadosh Baruch Hu Behasto made sure that Moshe Rabbeinu's kever is not to be found. Why? Because if we were to find Moshe Rabbeinu's kever, and we were to know where it was, you would have more or less a whole religion or a movement that would be based on the ideals of Moshe Rabbeinu, and Chassid can make a schism in Kla Yisrael, that people say, well, we follow the Misora Moshe Rabbeinu, we do exactly what he did, etc., and it will lead to a lot of Sinat Chinam. But now that we don't know, the only thing that we can carry with us is the memories of Moshe Rabbeinu and his ideals that he had for us, that we need to live up to that and not stray from the path of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And one of the most amazing things is it's called Vistaten Min Haderech. This is on a path. Why is it a path? Because a path sometimes not always goes straight. It sometimes veers, it goes up, it goes down, it goes circular, it goes around the bend, it sometimes goes to places that you don't even recognize where it's going to go. Every path leads somewhere. And a person has to know that the same thing too. Paths not all the time go straight. They sometimes don't go easy, but there's a path. And we have to know that the path that a person is embarking on HaKadosh Baruch Hu is guiding the person and letting the person go there and you have to realize and recognize that that is the idea, that you're carrying the ideas of Moshe Rabbeinu with you on whatever path it is that you take. And we thought that from this you see that in the Beit HaKfarot, if we'll be in a, a certain area, it would limit what the Jews would think 
of the path of the way that they would go and the implementation of all the various values that they live from Moshe Rabbeinu, not necessarily would that get carried over throughout the generations and throughout the host countries that Klal Yisrael would have to endure. Chamovadia in Nichavedat in in Chelek Vav Simanhe was asked the question about the minhag that there were no in Yerushalayim to visit a Beit Hakfarot on Er Rosh Chodesh Nisan and Er Rosh Chodesh Elul to visit the the kvarim of their parents, grandparents, and they sometimes say Kaddish next to the, the kvarim, next to the graves. So the question is, even if they have no minyan of ten people, should a person answer Amen for this minhag? So Chamavadia brings, now you have to understand, the reason why he's asking this question is because it seems like for some people, for them to assemble a minyan seemed to be a very difficult feat, or sometimes they did not want a minyan, or people felt too embarrassed, or this is a legitimate question, if people want to say Kaddish without a minyan in front of their parents, or tzadikim's kvarim, if a person's a latu. Chamavadia quotes the Gemara Megillah Dav Chavkim Amit that tells, any davar shebikdusha has to be with a minimum of ten people, ten men over the age of bar mitzvah, like it says in the pasuk, v'nitashti b'toch bnei Israel, and I will become kodesh, I will become holy amongst bnei Israel. The Zohar, he does not say this, but the Zohar tells us that since the meraglim were the ten people that they went against Hakadosh Baruch Hu, they caused the void, achilul Hashem. So the way we make up for that is having ten men over the age of bar mitzvah to make a kiddush Hashem. And he says, the Gemara tells us, Adat Korach, says, Hibalu mitoch ha'eda azot. You should separate yourself from amongst this eda. And eda from the Meraglim says, Ad matay eda hara azot. How long will you be with this eda, this congregation? It's excluding Yoshua and Kalev. So, 12 minus 2 is 10. So, eda, eda. Therefore, we see that when it comes to Adavar Shabbat Dushah, it has to be with at least a quorum of 10 men. The Yushalmi and Berachot, Zayn Gimel tells us that when it says Mikdashi betoch bnei Yisrael, that's referring to the Shvatim. That when it came to bnei Yisrael lishbor betoch abayim, it says that when they came to have the food separated amongst them, and we say malalan basara. When over there is talking about the ten people, because the Achei Yosef were ten, Ruven was not there anymore. So so to also over here, it was ten brothers that they went to break bread. Yosef is in the pit. Ruven was doing mishamesh Yaakov. There's now ten brothers. Asara, asara, ten here, ten there. Also, Bereshit Rabbah, Tzadik Aleph Gimel, and Rabbeinu Bachye, and Vayich Rachat Bet, Lamed Bet tells us, in the name of Rabbeinu Tam, that our Nusach in the Gemara is not so meduyak, and therefore you can't bring uh, proof from Davar Shepetusha from the Meraglim, rather, the Yoshalmi seems to be the story of the Achei Yosef, because more, that would make more sense because that's coming from a positive attribute, which is they were tzaddikim who made an improper cheshbon, as opposed to saying we have a reshaim and we have a tikkun for that. The Ravan also, he concurs with that Rabbeinu Bache, and the Ramam as well, says we don't say Kaddish from less than 10, because it has to be Eida Kidosha. It has to be a holy assemblage of people, and not necessarily is that going to be achieved when it's less than 10. Shulchan Aruch in Nunhe Aleph tells us, therefore a person should not say Kaddish in a Beit HaKvarot, even if you have 10 people that are hearing the Kaddish and saying Amen. And whoever says Kaddish without a Minyan, he's doing Shiloh Kiddin, and he says further, you should not answer Amen afterwards. And says Chamavari, it's true that the Gemara and Ketubot and Davkov Gimel Amad Aleph tells us, that Rabbeinu HaKadosh, he would come every Lel Shabbat to his home to make Kiddush. 
And the Sefer Hasidim brings as well that Rabbeinu HaKadosh, he came even after passing away on the Shabbat, wearing Bidei Chamudot, he said Kiddush, and he was Motziv, his Bnei Beto, their Chova. He says that's a little different than other Metim, says the Sefer Hasidim, because they are Chofshim and Torah Min HaMitzvot. They are freed of Torah and Mitzvot, and they cannot be Motzi Chova for someone else. But we know Sadikim, even when they are dead, are still called alive. And therefore, he wanted to say they could uh, um, uh, exempt all the people who had a chiyuv kiddush because he also is considered like he's alive. So, Soto over here, if a person wants to say kaddish near the kivret tzadikim, you could add the tzadik or the tzadik. Uh, you can add the tzadik to the minyan. However, says Chamavadia, we don't learn halachot from Magadah. We don't, the stories in the Gemara, you have to know that it's some very high level that it's trying to give over a certain point, or a neshama needs to hear a certain element that the only way it can be accessed is by, quote-unquote, these stories of being told to us. And he says, therefore, a person should not extrapolate the halacha to over here and say that that would be the halacha as well. He says from the Sefer Eshkol, as well as the Rashba in Megillah, that says, especially when you have an Agadah that is a big chidush, because the Gemara in Shabbat Kufnun Aleph tells us that even David Melch Yisrael, when he was when he passed away, he was Chofshim and Atoram and Mitzvot. And David Melch was much more uh, before that of Rabbeinu Akadosh. So how can you say Rabbeinu Akadosh? You have to say that the Sefer Hasidim is saying when we give Rishut to a tzaddik after his petira to allow him to come back as he's if he's alive in this world, like Rabbeinu Akadosh. But when a, once a person passed away and is in the Kever, he's patur from Torah and mitzvot. Interestingly, I heard from one of the big poskim in Eretz Yisrael, Rabbi David Moore, Shlita, a big brisker poskim in Yerushalayim, he told me one time that when it comes to people making a mistake about thinking that certain uh, people could be Mashiach, he said that Rabbi Akiva made the same mistake. He says, but everyone agrees that once Bar Kochov, Bar Kazibo, was killed, even Rabbi Akiva, he scaled back and said, it can't be. But as long as the person's alive, it's possible anyone could be Mashiach. Once the person's dead, we say that Mashiach can no longer be there, and it's just a mistake that people may think if they believe such such beliefs. And getting back to Chamovadi, he says, the Chatam Sofer in Chelik Vav brings down that Eliyahu Navi, every time he would reveal himself and show himself to Gedolei Yisrael, he would look like a regular body, and he would look, and he would have the same uh, dinim, like a regular uh, chacham, that you have to give him honor, and he's chayav in mitzvot. And if he were to reveal himself, like his neshama, that we know he comes down in the Yom Milah, and he's a din like a malach Hashem, and he would be patur from mitzvot if he's invisible. Because we can't say that Eliyahu, when his guf went up to Shmei Meromim, that his neshama got separated from his guf. That the fact that he went up, all the way up, he wants to say, is that shows us that it could be both guf and neshama. They say that when Eliyahu Navi comes as a person, that sometimes really people could see it and they can't. They say a story that Mordechai Shwab, the mashkiach of the yeshiva in Mansi, story goes is that him and somebody else were waiting online, uh, him and the pan of Vizhirov, that's what it was, they were waiting online to speak to, to the Chavetz Chaim, and they were waiting outside of his house. And while they were waiting outside of his house, a Jew with a long hadrat panim, a beautiful zakan, with a beautiful beard and peyot, and he looked like a real Yorah Shemaim. He walked in front of the Panavi Jerov, and uh, Mordechai Shwab, who was a Bachor at the time, says, excuse me, but do you mind if I just go ahead of you, because I just have a message to give to, 
to the Chafetz Chaim. And they said, oh, sure, please, yeah, go ahead. You're much older than us. He said, thank you. And as they uh, watched, the Chavetz Chaim stopped talking to the person who he was talking to. He says, wait one second. He turned to the person with the radiant countenance and says, ah, ah. And he turned around and he started walking back to his house. They went in back. In, they went into the house and for a number of minutes they were talking. After they finished talking, the Chavetz Chaim walked and escorted this elderly man outside of the house and then went back to talk to the person that he was talking to before. After he finished talking to that person... The Pan Vizharov and Mordechai Shwab came to the Chavetz Chaim and said, we're so sorry to ask this, but it may be rude. We just want to know, who was that Jew? He had such a Hadat Panin. The Chavetz Chaim looked shocked. He looked pale when they asked him that question. He said, you saw the man? They said, yeah. He said, the man who I, I had to interrupt the conversation and walked in, I didn't really talk to him outside. They're like, yeah, you just you started walking to your house. And he said, and did you? Did you see me walk him out too? They said, yeah, well, of course we saw him. We saw him walk in, we saw him walk out. He says, you too must be very special if you saw that, because that was Elio Anavi. And Ramon Cheshwab, the story goes that he never told anyone that story until he felt he was al-Eres Devai. He felt that he was, uh, he was slowly on his deathbed and he was losing his ability to be on this world. And he said, I've never told the story to anyone. He told this to one of his grandchildren who were there. And then he repeated to other grandchildren. He said this story. He said that uh, now I feel I could say this story because now I don't have ga'ava from saying such a thing. But if I would have been alive, people would say, I was zochet to see Gilu Elio. But again, what you see from this Khatam Sofer is that when a person is alive, they do have the capacity to actually see Elio Anavi in a physical form. And he brings from the Gemara Moed Katan that says, Elio Chayhu. Elio is alive. And the Gemara Eruvin, Mem Gibel, uh, is Elio is saying this, that he says, Tchumin is the Malame Asara, is it higher than Asara? And the Radal explains on Perketer Rebbe Leazar, but you see from it that uh, the Tzadikim, you can learn from that story of Rabbein Akadosh, because that seems like it was an enigma, that was the exception, not the rule. Therefore, we can't say that if a person wants to say Kaddish near their parents' Kever, and have the tzaddikim be mitzdaref, you can't do that. Because to extrapolate and say, well, Rabbeinu HaKadosh, he was able to do that. No, it doesn't work like that. You don't have a minyan, you don't have a minyan. Ah, I, I need a minyan. Okay, but you don't have a minyan. You can't make a minyan literally out of thin air. So same thing also over here. A person has to recognize that saying, Kaddish without a minyan would not be proper. And Chamavadia adds in the footnotes, he says, this idea of saying Kaddish in a, with a minyan in Beta Kvarot, even though we find that it's asur to pray and say Kriyat Shema in a Beit HaKvarot, and you cannot learn Torah in a Beit HaKvarot, like the Gemara in Berachot Yudchet, and the Torah Shulchan Aruch in Yoredea Shin Samasayin says, because it's considered lo eg larosh, you're making fun of the pauper, because they unfortunately have no mitzvot, and the Shach writes from the Marshal that not only does it referring to wearing tzitzit and dragging them on the floor, like the, the Gemara tells us, or saying divrei Torah, but even saying Kaddish, a person should try as much as possible to be at least four, four amot from the vicinity of the Beit HaKvarot. So when you say Amen, it's obviously away from the Beit HaKvarot, and it's not causing pain to the Niftar. And this is brought Al-Lachav from the Bach and the Perisha as well. He says that when saying Kaddish, even though it's only L'chvod the Metim and for Ilu Nishmatam, there's no Laog Darosh, when, as long as you're saying next to the Kever. And we find that in Mukhi Yosef as well, in Baba Kama, brings the Ramah, that says, the Gemara in Baba Kama, that says, the Kavud Asulo Bimoto, and they did a great honor for the person after they passed away. What was the Kavod? She Yeshiva Akivro. They put Yeshiva on his Kever. 
Ah, it says, Lo yalech adam betakvarot tefillin berashov sevet obizero. Person should not go in a cemetery wearing their tefillin on their head and carrying a sevet in their arm. And v'yikra, and calling out v'yitbalel and praying. Mishum lo yiglarosh. Ah, what are you going to do with that gemara? So says, Chamovadia, that's only when it's the person themselves is kore batorah. In other words, they're doing it to, like, spiteful, to say, ha, look at me, I'm still alive and where are you? But if you're doing it, the whole premise of you're doing it is to show kavod for the mate, like b'nei yeshiva, that they're doing for the kavod of the, the rav, there's no laig larosh in such a case. And Tosafot and the rush, they write that the fact that they had a yeshiva, there was, it has to be, it's chutz amot, you can't say that it was literally on top of the grave, because that would be a very big disrespect. And Rabbeinu Yosef uh, Halevi uh, in Megash, the Eri Megash, he writes that what the Gemara tells us in Berachot that we don't say the Divrei Amet, Ela Bifnei Amet. He says the Gemara tells us even the Divrei Torah. That's only when it's Oskim Torah for a person's own personal benefit. But if you're Mechaven to the Chavod of the Met, and let's say you're quoting quoting some Divrei Torah or some Chizuk that people could gain or glean from that, that would be a lot, and it's not considered Hanat Atzmon. Do we consider Laagosh in such a case? And the fact that they made yeshiva on there is referring to chutzadad amot, or if it's, like we said before, that it's actually for ilu nishmato, for the person who passed away. And the Ramban writes in Torah Tadam that after the kfura, they would be marchik a little from the Beit HaKfarot and say Kaddish. And the Gaon said the same thing, that our minhag is to step away from the Beit HaKfarot, at least 50 amot or 100 amot, but within four amot, he says that's not proper, because Amet is tofes mekomot, the Gemara says, Arba Amot, the Kriyat He has at least a four Amet cubit radius around this person that one should not say Kriyat And Rabbi said that we don't say Kaddish in a Yitgadel in a Bet HaKfarot unless a person is Marchik Arba Amot, like Kriyat the same thing as well. Even though you argue and say, oh, it's only Shema, it's not Kaddish. No, it, it applies to both, it doesn't make a difference. And Rabbeinu uh, Yitzchak Ibn Giyat, he writes in his Sefer Me'ah Sharim, the same idea. However, a person wants to be Somech on the Rimigash and the Ramah, uh, like Maram Bet Yosef brings in Shindal and Mem, he says that there, the Muke Yosef brings the Ramah, he says that in a case like that, you have who to be Somech on, and if a person wants to, to give it the Rasha in front of the Meitim, they have who to be Somech on. And Maran says, that's the Minaga Pashut today, like the Ramah that we say that if a person wants to give the Rezikaron, they could, and it would be fine for them to do that, even if it's betoch arba amot or in a beta kvarot. And the Ridvaz in his tshuva and Aleph Resh Chavdal brings that the fact that we have a minhag that we say the Torah in front of a mate is not considered log the rosh because it's for the kavod of the mate. And like the Gemara and Baba Kama tells the kavod also lo bimoto. They wanted to do a kavod for them to have yeshiva. And Rashi concurs with that from the Chuvot Agonim that it says that if a person, it was Adam Gadol that passed away, all the Amirich Chamim would come from year to year and they would learn on this Kaver and they would have like a Yeshiva Lichvodo. And Maran Chida would say the same thing that, that, that they would be made on him that until today, the Minhagen wrote Futsod Yisrael in many quarters of Ka Yisrael they would be Litrosh Lamod Bidivret Torah Befneamet they would actually specifically say Divrei Torah on the place of where the person was buried. And there was Somech, obviously, on the Ramah, on the Maria Boav. And just like Maran writes in Shulchan Aruch as well. And it would be the same thing for Kaddish. Also, since it's a To'elif and the Neshama of the Niftar, we would say that would be fine. And he says, I speak about this in Yichav in Chedekei, Siman Tet. But the fact of the matter is, you see, 
some people say you have to be marchikta ramot. However, he seems to be saying not like that. You don't need to worry about that. The fact that you're doing it lichvodo for the kavod, for people to say amen. Obviously, if you're doing it in front of there, it may be a little more emotional too. And people may emit a cry. And it may get people to be machzir b'tshuva. So all these are reasons that we could say that if a person wants to specifically pray on the kevet, where the person is buried, he definitely has who to rely on when it comes to that. And we would say that he has who to be somechan, but if a person wants to be more careful, they could obviously be marchikim, ktsat, at least arba amot, or like we said before, 50 or 100 amot, but the point is they're out of the vicinity of the kever, so that way when they say kaddish and amen, we would say that it's not going to be lagdarosh, if anything it's going to be a ilu nishmato, and we say, and the person should have a very uplifting ganeden. This audio series has been brought to you by the Sephardic Halakha Center. The center is committed to advancing research and application of halakha in the Sephardic community nationwide. For a halakhic consultation, monetary beddin services, to order this series or to sign up to receive the Sephardic Halakha Journal, or for all other information, please call 1-844-200-TSHC or email info at the shc.org to subscribe.